Welcome to Social Anxiety Solutions, your journey to social confidence. Each week I interview an expert to explore different social anxiety solutions from both Western traditional psychology and Eastern energy psychology. So each week we'll put new tools into your toolkit to enhance your social confidence. This week, today, I'm talking to Tom Woodfin and we'll be discussing the topic of sensitivity and vulnerability. Here's a bit about Tom. First of all, Tom's my best buddy, and like myself, he's, he's, he's been and still is on quite an inner journey and uh, has an interesting life and story. Today, but a few things, Tom's an ex-professional mixed martial artist. He's got 10 MMA fights under his belt. He's done a 10-day meditation retreat with 10 hours of daily meditation, and he's lived in a jungle on a mainly raw food diet for six months. And he's lived in a, a variety of countries, including the Philippines, where I currently live, and, and he's currently living in Taiwan. He's studied a wide variety of personal transformation methodologies and practices a combination of energy psychology techniques and intuitive physical therapy to facilitate deep levels of acceptance. Tom, thank you for being on the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Um, I'm quite excited about the, this conversation we're going to be having today about vulnerability and sensitivity and, and how it relates to social anxiety. But uh, be- yeah. be- before we get started on that, I first want the listeners to get to know you a bit more than this this little insight that I've given them and um, sure. see if we can get some words of encouragement out of you regarding overcoming social anxiety. Sounds right. good? Okay. Sure, no problem. All right. So we're going to start off with the first section of the show, the inspiration round. I've called it the inspiration round because I know from experience that overcoming social anxiety can be quite a struggle. And, you know, for some people, it will take some serious time and effort and energy to free, free themselves and live a, an authentic life that, that's enjoyed and that's peaceful. And that's, that's why, you know, I want to do this inspiration round every week. In this round, I'm going to ask you two questions. And mm. the first question, I'm going to uh, ask you for your experience with social anxiety. And I'm really looking for an answer in the form of a story where you take us back to a moment in time. Uh, so, you know, stories kind of help us relate. Uh, it help us, uh, you know, be there with you. Okay. Okay, good. Yeah, sure. Good. So the first question, Tom. Can you share with us your worst experience with social anxiety? Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a good one, actually. The first time I went traveling on my own, I was 18 years old. And at that time, I kind of felt like I was on top of the world, just left college, was feeling really this kind of like invincible feeling. Like there was, uh, there was almost a kind of an arrogance about me, I suppose. And that quickly diminished when I landed in Australia and after a couple of months of um, getting to know the States and New Zealand, I got to Australia and suddenly felt these kind of waves of panic whenever I would start talking to somebody. Mm. And it was really, really intense. It was just like this intense fear of connecting with anybody. There was all these feelings of, well, what if they don't think I'm good enough? Um, what if, uh, What if I'm not enough for them? And it was just... Mm. It was it was hard to even kind of verbalize the thoughts because the panic was so intense and there was lots of sweating and 
shaking and anxiety. And every time I uh, tried to speak to somebody, it would just be this um, you know, really, really intense fear. And it stopped me from going out. I kind of went into a bit of a hermit mode for a while. Mm. Yeah, I could definitely relate to that. Uh, at times when I, when I moved from, from one country to the other, and the first time you show up in the new country... Uh, I've I've hidden in my room sometimes uh, for weeks on end, yeah. and I would only go out to to you know to buy something. You know, I, I do need to eat, but aside from that, actually meeting new people can be quite uh, yeah. quite scary in a new environment. Yeah. Oh yeah, terrifying prospect, absolutely. Mm. How, how's that now for you, Tom? Well, now it's uh, it's just a lot better. I don't feel that anxiety at all. In fact meeting you people is I say it's just so easy because there's no there's nothing really to hide anymore that doesn't feel like this need to cover up or be anything that I'm not being so it's really it's just it's just really easy now I just really enjoy it right right would would you say it's something that's that feels natural that you don't even you know you don't even think about it anymore it's just it just happens you know hey there's a new yeah, person now we're talking it's this is funny. it it's almost like yeah, it's almost funny. It's almost like um, kind of humorous. It's like, here we go. Here's a here's a new person. Let's see what happens now. There's no kind of expectations on the outcome. It's just the real. I don't know. It's a good place. Good place to be. What a what a world of difference when you when you look back from how it was then and where you are yeah. now, right? It's the complete opposite. And yeah, I just I kind of feel like I had to have the experience that I went through at the time in order to understand this one now but yeah I'm, there's almost like there's no need to go back to social anxiety now having experienced both right 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 mm. um which kind of leads into the second question you know it's 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 it sounds like for you it's been quite a journey to make it to where you are now um and and that tends to be the case for many people suffering from social anxiety um, and, and some have really tried a lot of things to overcome it, but, but, but made only little progress, if any. And they live with this fear that they will have to live with their social anxiety for the rest of their lives, and they're frustrated to their cores, and they don't see a way out. W- what can you say to someone who feels that way to give them some hope and perspective? Yeah, um, well, first off, it sucks. It really, really sucks. It's like, it's one of the most crippling feelings you can feel to not be able to connect with people and it's it's so difficult when you're actually in that thing but at the same time there's nothing that is permanent there's nothing that can last forever like it it takes an enormous amount of energy to keep things the same and things do pass and it's almost like the more you go into it the more you explore these feelings the it's like a complete transformation that kind of pushes you out the other side and you just feel exactly the opposite. So it kind of saying things like this light at the end of the tunnel sounds almost kind of cheesy, but once you kind of go into it and explore it, it turns out to be something really, really amazing. And, and the feeling really transforms itself into something quite different. Right. 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 So, mm. so you're talking about ex- exploring these negative feelings and going into them and resolving them. Is that what I hear you say? I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that's what it sounds like. It's all right. No, those are good words. Um, very good words. It's, I mean, yeah, once you, 
kind of go into it, you discover it, it is this ability to have this um, real empathetic connection with other people. Um, and that's almost like where this stuff comes from. It's this kind of hypersensitivity. But it's, it's really beautiful once you kind of go into it and explore it. Great. Okay. Mm. Well, that leads us uh, to uh, our topic of the day. You already mentioned it, uh, sensitivity. I, I thought it would be good to, uh, to talk about both vulnerability and sensitivity because when you have social anxiety, it's, it's likely that you're also dealing with feelings of not being good enough, of shame, of insecurity. And when you have those negative emotions, there's a high fear of being vulnerable. Um, so, Tom, for you, when you were in Australia, you say, well, I was, I was afraid to be vulnerable. Likely, there were feelings of, you know, not feeling good enough, like, like you said. And from that place, you know, letting your guard down and being, your, uh, being vulnerable is scary. You know, it's risky. Yeah, terrifying. Yeah, you might get shut down. And um, so that's the vulnerability part. But I also wanted to mix in sensitivity because a lot of people with social anxiety tend to be of the highly sensitive temperament. And within many cultures, uh, sensitivity is something that's looked down upon. It's like, ah, oh, you're sensitive. Don't be so sensitive about that. It's pathetic. You know, it's, con- it's considered to be a weakness. <laughs> and <laughs> so yeah. when you notice that sensitivity within you and you criticize it, that, again, causes shame and insecurity, which makes you then uh, even more scared to be vulnerable. So mm. I wanted to, to bring that up because, uh, Tom, are you, are you a sensitive man? Yeah, I'm... Uh, I'm a <laughs> <laughs> well, don't, don't tell him here, you know. It's, right. it's out in the open. Me too. Yeah. We're, we're self-proclaimed sensitive men. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, I want to talk about that because I think that um, you know having a conversation about that might shift uh, might shift listeners' perspective on sensitivity a bit, and so they can gain some more acceptance of that sensitivity and get some insight into what it takes to feel safe being vulnerable. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, it's, yeah, it's, it's really important and there's a context for it and understanding the context really helps you to kind of embrace it. Hmm. Um, yeah. Can you tell more Can about tell that? More? Well, it's kind of like this, this whole social anxiety thing, um, this, this kind of stage of social anxieties. Uh, Joseph Campbell talks a lot about uh, the hero's journey and you go on this kind of journey that... Um, you have to experience all these different things so you can then really understand your ability to choose uh, what comes next. And yeah, being sensitive and being vulnerable is really a huge part of being able to connect with people. The more sensitive and vulnerable you allow yourself to be, the more connected you can feel yes, uh, with yes. people. And that, I mean, that can be terrifying at sometimes because you might think you don't want to connect with people because what if they connect with me and they don't like what they see and they kind of judge it and all these things. But when you're really in that state of allowing sensitivity and vulnerability and there's not the, just the fear of that kind of dissolves and there's no kind of judgment of yourself coming from you and then it doesn't get reflected back by other people. Or if it does, it just doesn't connect with anything in you because there's nothing for it to to 
uh, be received with. And so it's really, it just helps you understand so much more of yourself and other people, which is yeah, a really amazing thing. Right. I found for myself that when I was suffering from social anxiety, I was just afraid of uh, really being myself because I didn't feel, <laughs> that's an understatement, I didn't feel good about myself. I felt really bad about myself. I was ashamed of myself. I felt insecure. I felt inferior to to other people. And then from yeah. that place where I didn't accept myself, you know, being vulnerable was just, stupid you know because uh it's kind of like hey i'm i'm being vulnerable i'm 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 ashamed uh i don't like myself uh i don't feel good about myself uh please like me you know so the the being vulnerable is kind of a place that you get to in my experience, as you resolve these negative feelings about yourself, as you get to a place of accepting yourself, as you make peace and start to appreciate your sensitivity, that is when it kind of becomes safe being vulnerable. Um, what, what's your experience with that? Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, growing up in the UK it was very, very difficult to be vulnerable. I mean, Looking at it contextually, the the part of the world that I was born in was a really um, kind of like a depressed part of the world at the time. A lot of people were losing their jobs, and it was this kind of you've got to toughen up to survive kind of thing. And it's it's really uh, it really made it difficult when uh, you know little sensitive boy comes out and wants to talk about his feelings. It's like nobody wants to hear that kind Don't of thing. Don't be so girly. Yeah, stop it. Yeah, exactly. You've got to man up. And so hence the journey into um, boxing and fighting. And that, that was really a kind of a representation, an externalization of if I can appear tough, then I can get the external validation from people around me and they will then they will think I'm okay and then I'll be okay. But it just... It's never enough. You know, you can never get enough external validation to make you feel the thing that you're looking for. It can happen temporarily, but it's just, it's not, um, it's not lasting. Yeah. Know? Yeah. What, what did you get out of um, the, the mixed martial art fighting journey? Well, it delivered uh, quite a few amazing things, actually. I mean, one of them was physical confidence and physical ability, which does go a long way towards helping things. And it's, I mean, moving, just moving the body and being able to um, exercise these things is a really, a really good way to get emotions moving. You know, emotion creates emotional things. And so it, it taught me a lot about myself, but ultimately the biggest gift that it gave me was this idea that you, it's never going to be enough. You know, you're never going to be able to get enough money or enough power or enough physical um, dominance to get that feeling that you lack from inside. You're yeah. seeking it to outside. It, but to be the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's that, that competitive thing. It's, it's never going to be enough. Um, and that's, yeah, that's kind of really the, the ultimate thing that it gave me. How do you now feel about your, your sensitivity? It's interesting, actually, because I'm really just, plumbing the levels of it now and going deeper and deeper into this idea because I tried everything else. You know, I tried being unsensitive and tried being something that I wasn't and it just, it didn't work. It's like you're trying to fit into a shoe that doesn't fit and it's like, it, it just causes pain. So 
ultimately it's like when nothing else works you go into this sensitivity and now i mean it's a gift it's it's your ability to connect it's your ability to connect to other people and understand the deeper levels of the world around you which is just amazing like i can't believe that i didn't embrace it for so long sometimes you know yeah it's interesting huh yeah yeah I, I find that uh, way back when my sensitivity um, ha- probably had a lot to do with my social anxiety because you know I, I, f- I felt so bad about myself and I was so insecure and I, I at the same time was pretty convinced that I could read what people were thinking of me and you know that was actually just my own insecurities projected into their mind and then <laughs> back towards myself but I I felt really sensitive in these situations to what people were thinking and people were feeling and for a large part that was accurate and um, Mm. you know I knew that they could see me awkward and uncomfortable and that made you know my sensitivity in 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 that situation kind of was a a downer you know it wasn't great at all but now it has become something that is a great social skill because, uh, you know, you, you pick up on these little sensitivities within people's body language or, you know, their facial expressions. And you can just really play in a social situation and really have a great vibe because you're just sensitive to how other people feel and to the situation and the environment. And it really becomes a great asset, asset once you do that inner work once you once you release that old stuff you know once you get rid of the 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 feelings that got stuck from your childhood and from your life traumas and you know you get rid of these these weird beliefs that don't serve you and you start to own that sensitivity that's that's really when uh when it becomes a massive asset yeah right yeah that's the transformation i mean that's you you described it perfectly it is a a huge gift when you when that turnaround comes, um, but to get to that turnaround is sometimes it's it's a challenge. You know, it, mm. it does take time, and it and it can go through some difficult periods. But that's that's really okay. You know, it's it's understanding the context, understanding that there is a process at work, and this thing in order to unfold has got to go through the layers of unfolding. And then, yeah, once once you step into it, it's it's a really amazing asset. Right. Once once you step into it, by that I, I I think you mean once you start doing the work, once you step into the uncomfortable right. feelings and you use the techniques or tools or strategies or whatever, and you start shedding those walls around you, uh, that that's when you're moving forward towards uh, freedom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. It's like the it's starting the investigation. Um, why do I do what I do? And just just getting into exploring the reasons behind the reasons, you know, the things behind the other things. And it's, yeah, it's just, it's an investigation of self, self-inquiry in it. Yeah, I mean, that's basically it. Okay, awesome. Well, as we've been talking about this topic and techniques and strategies, let, let's get into some of these techniques and strategies because uh, we've oh. uncovered quite a, quite a couple of cool ones that we can share with people. So let's head over to the solutions round. Okay. I love that theme music. Man. <laughs> that's, that's very yeah. professional. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> so, Tom, I know you got a, a, a lot of um, tools and tips and techniques and strategies built up from, from that inner journey. So, in this right. round, I want to focus on uncovering what some of your solutions are that you have used for both yourself and, and for your coaching clients and uh-huh. uh, see how we can apply them to accepting sensitivity now and um, shedding some of the stuff to become more safe, feeling vulnerable. Sure, absolutely. All right. So what is the most effective tool or technique or strategy that you have experienced that people listening to this can self-apply today? Okay, so you probably know what I'm about to say. Um, <laughs> Tapping has been amazing, or EFT. It's really, I mean, it's really uh, transformed a lot of things, and it's kind of been a go-to as just like a foundation for other things. You know, you can you can talk, and you can do stream of consciousness stuff, um, and as long as you're tapping, you're stimulating meridians that is working this stuff through. It's, it's getting stuff moving in the body. Right, and and sorry to interrupt you, Tom. Let me give the listeners who don't know what tapping is a little insight. Uh, tapping is a psychological form of acupuncture where you tap with the tips of your fingers and specific acupressure points on the body. And while you focus in on a negative emotion, as you do that tapping... Believe it or not, the negative emotion reduces and eventually releases, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much it. Um, the, other th- the other thing that has massively benefited when you know, you're too lazy to use your fingers is the Vipassana meditation. Mm. That style is – it sounds kind of – there's a connotations with meditation of being religious, but it's really – it's not a religious thing at all. It's – is very strategies-based, very tools-based. And so you basically focus on feeling and experiencing the physical sensation of the emotion that you're um, exploring. And so wherever it is in the body, just it's really getting to know the body and the physical sensations that these emotions um, give you and not needing to judge them or um, stop them or change them or anything like that, but just observing them, just kind of being in them. And I found, uh, this is actually in the Empowering the Philippines thing, what we ended up using as the the primary go-to technique was tapping with focusing on the physical sensation of the feeling, right? So it's a kind of a a combination of those two things um, work really, really well. But yeah, Vipassana-style meditation, for me personally, has been a, a huge game changer great so the vipassana style meditation so right now in this interview (laughs) um as i'm talking with you this is the first interview we're doing i notice some slight discomfort in um my stomach or solar plexus just between my stomach and my chest so in this case if if this would be the end of the interview and i uh, you know, I hang up the phone. I would just be present to that feeling and observe it and allow it to be, and eventually it will, it will pass or it will go away? Eventually it will pass, uh, yeah. But basically, it's like I, I get that as well. Like even now as I'm talking, there's a, a slight interesting kind of discomfort occurring in the top of the chest. And so the beauty of it is that even as you're talking, as you're uh, saying words, um, you can be tapping, and this is what um, this is what we learned from uh, Steve. Mm-hmm. Is this 
this idea of finger tapping the whole time. So tapping on the fingers, even when you're talking, when stream of consciousness stuff is coming out. And as you're saying the words and as you're observing the feelings in the body as the words are coming out and the sensations moving around, these things just really start to shift and move. And there's nothing you necessarily have to do except just focus on them and um, experience them and be present with them, like you say. Right. Exactly. It's just uh, you're allowing them to process. It's, it's stuck emotions right, right. typically that are passing through as you, as you focus on them and you do the tapping or as you sit with them and you do the Vipassana. Uh, hmm. Yeah, it's, just, it's getting things moving. It's hmm. just that's, it's not focusing on trying to push something out or get rid of something or blah, 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 anything like that. It's just let's see what happens. Like hmm. Let's investigate. Let's see what happens when we focus on the feeling and we tap. And then things start moving around and let's just watch them move. And they, they know what to do. I mean, your body is smart. It knows what to do when you put focus on the area that needs something doing about it. So just leave it to the body, really. Right. And mm. um, can you share what is your story of how you got into, ta- in, into contact with either the tapping or the Vipassana? And then after you have done so, what it has done for you in your life? Right, sure. Um, yeah, well, you'll like this one because it was actually you that introduced me to the tapping. Um, ironically, it was you that introduced me to the tapping just before a big fight of mine. So that was like to try to eliminate nerves and then try to eliminate sensitivity. <laughs> In the Philippines, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, before I stepped into the ring. Um, I mean, there's, there's times and places to be sensitive. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, being in a being in a boxing ring is not necessarily the best time to be sensitive. Although, having said that, if you're sensitive to the environment there, you can pick up on subtle signals of your opponent that are otherwise missed by people who are uh, too kind of in this um, in this very very emotional emotionally volatile state. So. Having just said it's not a good place to be sensitive, it actually probably is a good place to be sensitive because you can you're more aware of exactly what's happening and then you can respond to it instead of just getting beaten up by it. Right. right. You can in- anticipate and be sensitive to the punches that you're about to eat, right? Yeah, right. And <laughs> if you're sensitive enough, you won't have to eat them at all. Exactly. Right? And yeah. interestingly enough, what we tapped on uh, at the time wasn't uh, as much the fear of getting beat up, but it was more uh, your perception of what other people would think if you would get beat up, right? That's it, yeah. It was like, I didn't care about the physical pain. Like, I could sit in the hospital for a week or two and be all right with it as long as I'd won, you know? Yeah. As long as I didn't look stupid to other people, that was okay. That's and so that, that's, that's always been the kind of the big pressure um, that has hindered performance is like, what are other people going to think of me? And when you get to the reason behind the reason, the whole reason I was doing it in the first place was so I could make other people think that I was this or that or whatever. And then it's like, well, once I'm kind of in that, I don't really need to do that at all anyway. I mean, why spend two weeks in hospital when you can right. not spend two weeks in hospital? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Great. So, um, Regarding accepting your sensitivity and working towards feeling more safe, being vulnerable, what, what is an action step that you can suggest to our listeners that they can do today? 
Okay, so today, um, I'm assuming you you have like tapping diagrams and stuff. I would I would say just start tapping. Um, you don't have to do really anything else. Um, just starting to tap is already getting things moving. And take on this idea of an investigation. So, all say all the things that you've tried so far have failed. All right, that's fine. So you're at square one, starting fresh. Uh, you start tapping. And you start investigating the feelings. Um, I, I personally, I, I do a lot of writing, a lot of journaling. And you can journal just letting words come out, just like a stream of consciousness. It doesn't have to be coherent. You don't have to show it to anybody. It can be whatever it is that comes out. Just say they, they don't know what to write. Well, that's fine. Just write the same word 20 times in a row. It doesn't matter. Just as long as... Just let your fingers go and let just sounds, words, letters come out in whatever order. And things start to kind of form from that and you start to get sensitive to the emotions you're feeling. And if you're tapping at the same time or taking breaks to do some tapping and reflection on that, then it really just gets this process moving. Um, and that, that's it really. It's about defining and getting definition on the thing that you know that you don't want to know like the thing that you've been avoiding or turning away from or ignoring it's like okay here it is it's not going away on its own so let's look at it let's investigate it and see what's there right right and and, and, and <clears throat> i'm assuming that um they would do this in a room by themselves or is this uh, out in the park or is there a specific location that they should do this do they look in the mirror so this this whole yeah. self exploration uh any ideas on you know where they would do that yeah sure um i mean i i kind of tend to do if i'm writing on my computer i'll i'll do it pretty much on my own but well you did bring up a very interesting thing there is one of the the other things i was going to mention that had a, a profound effect on relaxing all this was moving into nature for i think it was like six months or something five six months mm. um just living out in uh, nature in a very very simplest uh, simply um with a very simple diet just living amongst trees and doing all that kind of hippie stuff and it was like i mean that it, it was basically living in an environment that is very transient and impermanent so you know nature things are always growing and dying whereas in the city where there's lots of rigidity and brick walls and concrete and metal. Yeah, it's like it, our belief systems tend to mirror the environment and reflect the environment. So when you're out in na nature, things start to happen. Like things, it, it can be really relaxing and beneficial to have this, to uh, cultivating a kind of a flexible mindset. Um, so yeah, I mean, if if you want to go out and take walks in nature, that's a that's a huge step because then you can be with yourself and you can be tapping while you're walking as right. well, yeah. just running through stream of consciousness stuff that's on your mind. And I mean, oh, you don't really have to do much more than that um, just to get things moving. It's it's really quite simple. But you do need to take some form of action. If yeah, you're just yeah. going to sit in your home and you don't do nothing. You know, nothing's going to happen. And uh, exactly right in. Um, Tom and I went to the Philippines to bring this tapping to the survivors of uh, Super Typhoon Yolanda. And we brought a whole team of uh, uh, psychologists and psychiatrists along from uh, different continents. Some of these you will have heard from already. Um, 
or we'll still hear from, depending on when this interview goes live. But uh, two of them, they taught us, uh, Dr. David Lake and Steve Wells, a psychologist and a psychotherapist, they taught us the continual tapping. So you just tap for uh, an hour a day and you do that for a couple of weeks and as you do your stress level your general stress level or your general anxiety level will start to drop and your general happiness level if you will will start to come up until eventually there there gets a point where there's some equilibrium and while you will need to address certain important elements to really overcome your social anxiety and to change your beliefs in something, just doing the tapping like Tom says and sitting down with your thoughts and so on, only doing the tapping will, will make a huge difference um, in, in your life. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's massive. Actually, it's, uh, living in Taiwan, um, when I explain it to, to the Chinese clients or, or other people, it's I kind of connect with them through this way of explaining it as like a, almost like a mini Tai Chi. You know, it's, this is a, a Chinese practice. It's, um, but it's basically about using the physical body to explore the feelings, which then, because they're so linked, the mind and the body, they, the brain can't ignore it when you start using these physical techniques it just no matter what you believe, it's, it's going to start working. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Something is going to happen. Yeah. Right. Something's gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. So um to 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 end up this talk, to conclude uh what we've been talking about, I first uh, wanna do the final empowerment round. So yes. Tom, are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wanna empower people before we leave and you know it can be really challenging as as we've discussed to you know it, it's it's nice to have made it to the other side but you know i can remember even just uh working with my coach having this this big loneliness problem or this and you know resolve this problem and then the next big problem comes up and then the next big and and she's like, well, yeah, it's part of the journey, and it's you know, you'll you'll never be out of problems. I'm like, I'd like to have some quality problems instead of these <laughs> shitty problems all the time. But this is not fair. It it can be really hard uh, when you're in it, you know. So, um, I wanna uh, I want you to share some quick resources with uh, with our listeners before we say our goodbyes. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. You have a question? I, I'll, I'll read out the question here in front of me. Here we go. So mm-hmm. please share with us, Tom, a book or a movie, a biography, a YouTube video, a movie, a resource, whatever, that is empowering for someone who is in the middle of it right now. And then share why you recommend that resource for, 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 the, uh, for the listener. Okay. Um, so books-wise, there was... Two that came to mind immediately. One of them was The Alchemist. Uh, I'm, I'm yep. kind of more of a, a stories guy. Like I, I connect more with um, stories than I do with just pure informational things. Um, the Alchemist was great for a number of reasons, but it was just it kind of gave the context of a journey. And you, you know, you it's like most great stories. You see this guy that goes on this journey, searching for something, searching, searching, searching outside himself and without kind of spoiling the ending, like he, he gets to find all the things that are 
already within, you know, kind of ends up at the beginning and yeah. finds that all this stuff has, has always been right where he was looking for it. Mm. It, um, it. It really relates to our talk today, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you, you go on this hero's journey of looking for this external validation and what is it outside that can fill gaps in me and, you know, you try everything and you keep trying and eventually you'll quite blissfully discover that nothing works and that's really all right because it's always been in you. It's the thing that you've been looking for has always been in you and that's, I mean, that that is bordering a little bit on kind of new agey spirituality but it i mean it, it really, the truth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah once you feel it it's like wow yeah i, I get it awesome all right yeah. so tom thank you very much please leave us with where we can find out more about you and then end by sharing your favorite quote with our listeners okay great so right now i'm working on a site called perceptionarchitecture.com and this is um, this is me sharing articles and videos. I've just started making tapping videos that I'm adding to a YouTube channel, and you'll be able to find details of that on the site. And we're also on Facebook as well. Okay. Um, the quotes. So I was thinking about this, and there's tons of quotes that are good for lots of different situations. But one of my favorite ones, and this comes back to resources as well. You can find uh, YouTube talks by Alan Watts, and he's really been a such a, a profound teacher for me um, without even really realizing it because I think he's dead now but all of his work is on YouTube and his one of the favorite quotes that I heard from him my favorite quote was um, by Alan Watts and and I love this the the way he talks about this because it's so true and it's so simple but um, it's not something that people really consider and he says we seldom realize for example, that our most private thoughts and emotions are not actually our own. For we think in terms of languages and images which we did not invent, but which were given to us by our society. And the reason I really like that is because it just depersonalizes everything. I mean, there's a, a huge kind of idea that this is my social anxiety and my problem and my thing, and you're kind of, you're kind of taking ownership of it, which then makes it a difficult thing to let go of because yeah. it's like, well, if yeah. I'm not that, then who am I going to be? But when you really kind of get down to the nuts and bolts of it, it's really true. In order to have a thought, you have to think in language that wasn't you didn't know when you came into the world. And so it's not really your thought. It's just a thought that's been borrowed from You've society. It up. You picked and, it up. Yeah, you picked it up. Um, or even it's more like it was put onto you you didn't really have a choice in the matter and it's not your fault um but i mean here it is here's the situation so there's a lot of ways that you can kind of move through and move on from this kind of thing it's just we the, there tends to be a huge amount of shame in society about this thing of like i shouldn't be socially anxious i should be you know brave and courageous and all these things um and that that shame is really it's one of the lowest things you can feel, but at the same time, it's kind of a gateway to a lot of empathy and a lot of compassion, which is really an amazing thing once you can tap it. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's the mm. beliefs and, and, and the thoughts and all that stuff that you, that you soak up uh, like a sponge uh, yeah. as, you, as you go through life. And then social anxiety results uh, 
you know, is, is the result of that. You're trying to protect yourself. And then now on top yeah. of the social anxiety, because society says you shouldn't be that way. And, you know, you should just yeah. man up and don't be such a pussy. You're also feeling ashamed yeah. on it, about it. It just gets worse and worse. And, and that's another interesting thing as well is like they will tell you to man up and not be a pussy about it because that's their insecurity the things that they're judging about themselves projected onto you right like they're seeing in you things that they don't want to admit to themselves and so it's just like this it's like this web of falsehoods like all kind of spinning each other into this loop it's really yeah it's it's kind of funny when you look at it from the outside Mm. okay great so I think that was a great talk, Tom. Yeah. What do you I think? I enjoyed it. Very mm. good. Good. Thank you for listening to this. Pay it forward. Share this with someone who uh, is helped by this. And I look forward to connecting with you next week again. This is Sebastian from socialanxietysolutions.com. Bye for now. <laughs> <laughs>